Welcome to the first ever edition of the Prefect Report podcast, everybody. A new way for us to bring you all the great content we just don't have time for on the actual show. Jared Sloan here, Ben Mandigo, and Jordan Mitchell are beside me. Uh, we're going to get to a Turkey Bowl recap later on, and then Ben's got a few rants to deliver, I think. But we're going to start by rectifying some injustices um, and announcing our real contest winners for the Halloween costume contest last week in assembly because the decisions that the judges made were quite controversial. I think um, I think it was pretty obvious that the best team should have been the Wiggles, the most creative should have also been the Wiggles, and uh, I think the scariest should have been the Wiggles too. There was something pretty scary about the way that they were wiggling. Uh, but <laughs> the best duo. <laughs> no question. <laughs> the um, the best duo, I think, in a runaway win was Mr. Doyle as Tommy Fleetwood and Miss Vanderclay as Brooke Henderson. I'm not sure who was choosing the nominees. I thought I was going to have some say in that. Apparently not. But uh, just so everyone's clear, that's how we felt about. The contest. I know Jordan and Ben backed me up a hundred percent on everything I just said. Well, I don't know. I think the Wiggles did have a pretty good costume. I did like the aerobics, so I think that was a pretty even uh, dispute for best costume. I think most creative would have to go to Sophie Darcy and Bob Ross. I think the execution was there. The originality was there. I think she looked exactly like him. I if I saw. Bob Ross in person, I would thought, yeah, that is so good at Jordan, they wore headbands, the aerobics ones. Like, that was the only common thread between them. They were, like, one of them was wearing a Golden State Warrior shirt. How many people in the 1980s or whatever time frame they were going for were wearing well, Golden State <laughs> Warrior shirts? And, well, I don't know. I think it's a lot harder to find bright neon leggings than it is to find a simple colored shirt for the Wiggles. But with that being said, I still think the Wiggles should have won. But I just wanted to acknowledge that the aerobics did have a pretty great costume. Uh, I think that guy who went as Conor McGregor did not get enough credit for how great that costume was. I thought that was, you know, if not a top two or three, at least top ten. Um, I don't know. I didn't get enough comments on that, I would say. I also didn't get enough comments on the my... listeners at home who are unaware, Jared Sloan was Conor McGregor. <laughs> Slightly disappointing rendition of the Irish. <laughs> yeah, I think Bard had a pretty good line. He said, I thought you were going to work out or start working out as part of the costume. So <laughs> shout out Bart Scala. Uh, I also didn't get enough comments on my Johnny Manziel jersey that I wore for the opening pep rally. So if anyone wants to comment on those when they see me in the hall, that would be much appreciated. Uh, turkey Bowl. First ever Turkey Bowl was... Not last Saturday, but the one before that. I think everyone who went had a pretty great time, um, except maybe the grade 10s who went 0-4. On the IB grade scale, I think they deserve about a negative one. They were truly terrible. Well, I think for the effort grades, though, fours across the board, there's some great teamwork, but they're... Uh, Unfortunately, their real marks are not reflected in their <laughs> Yep. Thank you on behalf of all the other teams for the easy victories you provided. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we have a football team at Ridley? Like, I've always wondered that, you know, if, if Notre Dame and the non-private schools in the region can do it, 
Like, don't other private schools have football teams? Doesn't SAC have one? I feel like it's about um, the population. We just don't have enough people to fill the team. That's true. But while we're on the issue of teams not at Ridley, Ridley needs a baseball team. I don't care what people say. Baseball is one of the best sports. No question. In the whole world, definitely in Canada, we'd have the numbers, we'd have the talent, some great bulletproof baseball prospects with me <laughs> and Jack Petrunic. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let me know in the comments if you like a baseball team. No, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see football, too. Like, you know, I, I appreciate the talent that rugby requires, but I really don't see the appeal in watching it. Like, it just seems a little too chaotic, a little too unstructured for me. If we had a Friday night football game, you know, a spirit night, I would be legitimately interested in coming out and seeing that. Like, I don't know what the popularity of the football team was like when Ridley did have one, but I don't know. I'd be interested in watching it. Honestly, rugby has no appeal to me. And that leads me into... Another one. Wait, wait. And I also have another sports suggestion. Kay. Go ahead first, Ben. Sorry, so Jared, you're, you're saying that you see the appeal in a, in a game that has like a total of 12 minutes playing time throughout the, the entire 60-minute duration. Yeah, I think it's, it's even worse than baseball in terms of time off compared to times time actually. Yeah, but playing. you don't notice it when you're watching a football game because every play is just so exciting. Like, yeah, I get that. It's a lot of stop and start when you really break it down, but it doesn't feel that way when you're watching. It, at least to me. I don't think. I, well, I think Jared, you've only you've only really seen football games in, at the professional level. Where, That's true. Uh, whereas high school That's football true. games are, are so almost unorganized that there's there's it takes them twenty minutes to get one play set up. That's probably fair. A running play that maybe they get two yards on. Which is I just think in general, North Americans, and this is going to sound like an incredibly ethnocentric comment, but I'll say it anyway. North Americans have a way better taste when it comes to what sports are actually exciting. Like I've always said, if you brought like a group of aliens down from outer space, and in one room you showed them like you know hockey, football, baseball, basketball, and then in another room you had like soccer and cricket and rugby. Like, aren't the North American sports obviously the better products to watch? I mean, I, I, I completely disagree with that. I, I honestly think that rugby is probably the most entertaining sport uh, on the planet. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think rugby is more entertaining to watch than football. Like, just the amount of action. Like, there's never an off minute. The athleticism. The yeah. big, crunching hits. Big balls. Like, <laughs> running into each other. Oh yeah, I definitely do think that rugby and hockey are, are probably the most entertaining sports. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I take that. I think hockey is the most entertaining sport to watch. If if aliens came down and we had to showcase one sport, one hundred percent would be hockey. Yeah, imagine gliding smoothly across ice and then like just mashing into each other, like rifling a rubber, what even that, a rubber disc at each other <laughs> at two hundred kilometers per hour. Pretty impressive. Losers. Anyways, what's our next topic? Yeah, in case you uh, can't tell, we're kind of, we kind of just started speaking after we pressed record. We didn't really have any schedule for the show, but Ben has been voicing some complaints recently about the um, Ontario education curriculum. So I think he's going to voice those complaints to you right now. First of all, something that appalls me is that your first 11 years in school have zero impact on your life whatsoever. The only, the only year that matters is your grade 12 year, and in that grade 12 year, you can take the biggest joke, or the 
the most bird courses, so the easiest courses, and I don't want to name drop courses here, but um, I, th I think you know what you, I think you know what I mean um, by just easy. In drives. Ontario, it surprises me by the amount of schools that don't take um, difficulty of course into account. Like for example, like what Ben is saying, um, you could take easy courses and fly with ninety five percent, and you'd be treated better than if you challenged yourself and took courses. Um, where you're actually working and like at Ridley where we preach like failing forward um, <laughs> If you are trying these hard courses and you're really trying to improve yourself I think there should be some sort of Extrinsic reward in addition to the intrinsic award because like while it is nice to say that you're intrinsically motivated by these um, by taking these challenging courses and by applying yourself um, at the same time you want to set yourself up well for university and for your future and sometimes the best way to do that is just by taking these easy courses. And I think on top of that too is that these universities, or at least in Ontario, do not consider anything other than your grades. So you can, you could be um, you could be someone who takes these easy courses and has does four hours total in class in a day. And you look at a place like Ridley again, where where we do such pretty but we do so, so many things outside of the classroom that these things don't take in, aren't taken into account when we're applying to Ontario schools and I think that's, that's that's something about um, what we value um, is, is just a number instead of a, an actual person um, okay so I'm applying to a couple programs and some of them are pretty creative where it's about more than just uh, like it for example one of them is a business uh, program with a creative aspect where there's an uh, a focus on um, like a creative aspect that you choose, which for me will probably be film. And for that, it's surprising me that there that is only grades. There's you don't send in any portfolio or any um, paragraph about how you think you have shown leadership, other than um, for scholarships. But for pure entry, it's purely grades. This, despite the fact that it is, it is a part of the creative industry and it is focused on leadership um, and that's not reflected at all in their admissions process. However, one thing that I will say is it really helps you value um, Ridley because even though this won't necessarily help us in applying and into getting into these schools, I think it will prepare us uh, in university for flourishing. I know that's a word that gets thrown out a lot but for actually being able to make a difference at our school and in uh, the community that we end up Yeah, in. that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, you can um, sort of fluke your way through high school at a really easy school and get really high grades that you don't deserve. But, you know, so what? You get into a great university program. That's, like, no matter what program you get into, it's not going to guarantee you a great life for the rest of your life. Like, there's no undergrad program that offers that. So, you know, the more important thing, at least in my opinion, is to actually be prepared when you get to university, because those are going to be the years that determine, well, and you can make the argument maybe it's even after your university years, but I think those years are more influential in, um, in setting you on the path to success in the future. And on that note, uh, I'm just going to throw out a shameless plug to IV. Even though IV is harder, exactly what Jerry just said feeds perfectly into the IV program. Like, while some schools that you apply to don't take IV into account um, in terms of granting you more likely to get in, or that makes no sense in English, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, 
but they will, it will set you up to do well in university and to apply yourself um, and to think about more than just your grades and to actually lead um, and think critically. Yeah, spoken take like I, take <laughs> Ivy courses. <laughs> spoken like a true proof, a prefect there, Jordan. I spoken <laughs> like a true Ivy dropout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will address that. I did drop out of the Ivy program, but I'm still very involved. I still have six Ivy classes, and I still agree with the Ivy philosophy. And that has nothing to do with the fact that my mom's the Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I, I honestly can attribute, like, a lot of your mark does come down to the, some of the teachers that you have. Like, as much as we... Fair point. It, it pains me to say it, like... In the, the OSSD the, program. At least, yeah, at least OSSD, like, where, where a lot of the grading is so subjective that you have these teachers who are, who are just self, subconsciously going to grade a lot easier than others. And so probably the, the most influential teacher that you're going to have in high school is going to be your grade 12 English teacher, because... If, if you don't know, grade 12 English is a prerequisite for every single course, and it's going to be uh, counted in your top six no matter um, if it is or if it isn't, um, what, so in your university application mark. So I don't know, if, if you get a, a, a really um, tough mark, uh, no matter, like, even if you learn so much in English, and then, um, but your teacher is, is, is a tough grader, that, that could seriously impact what program you get into and and may have future implications on your, on your uh, school career. Mm-hmm. Shout out Miss Pagona. <laughs> the, uh, I want to say the best grade 12 English teacher on campus. I don't want to offend anyone here, but... Um, the best grade 12 English teacher that Jared has ever had. <laughs> that's a fair statement. All right, I think we've covered just about everything we wanted to cover on this inaugural podcast. Um, Thanks to all the diehard fans of the show who stuck it out for this entire Prefect Report experience this week, the video plus the podcast. I personally suspect that there will be three people listening to this sentence uh, <laughs> in, when we actually publish that, which will be me, Jared, and Ben, but surprise <laughs> us. Uh, and let us know in the comments if you made it this far. Yeah, for sure. And something that we do want to do with this podcast is make it um, uh, more open to people to come in and voice their, their own opinions and their own concerns about early life. And we want this to be an open conversation um, for, for anyone to be a part of, whether it be you had a tough day and you want to talk to some prefects or um, <laughs> you have a serious um, or you have something to, to propose to the prefect team. We'd love to hear your, your opinions and your concerns and your, your thoughts and your Mm-hmm. Your voice. Yeah, I think uh, that goes beyond just the prefect report. Even if you have any concerns um, about school life in general, your life, and you just want to talk to somebody, uh, and you want to talk to a student, um, any of us prefects are available all the time. Yeah, visible well-being, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we like to goof around a bit on the show, but we do have some serious opinions too. I don't know if any of you are interested in hearing them, but we'll try to use this podcast to share some of those. Jordan, Ben, always fun talking to you guys. Let's do this again in a couple of weeks. Let's do it. <laughs>